Well, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm joined by John Bruce. We're a father and a son. We're both pastors. We're both at Creekside. We're both doing a podcast. <laughs> Dad, how are you on this uh, splendid spring day? Oh, I'm, I'm springy. I, it's a great day. <laughs> yeah, I love the sunlight. It's, it's great. Good old vitamin D. Yeah. Which gets us into our topic, which is discipline. And that's <laughs> yes. the vitamin we need most, Dad, is that's discipline right. That's right. in our lives. We're in a series on Proverbs called Smart People, and we're looking, about, we're looking at what Proverbs teaches about building habits. Uh, Proverbs is all about wisdom, and biblical wisdom is all about skill in living. And skill in living is all about those small daily decisions that we make that uh, will yield great blessing in our life. So Proverbs has a lot to say about habits. We're looking at the kinds of habits Proverbs commends, and we're taking four weeks to look at discipline. Proverbs has a lot to say about discipline. So last week, we saw that smart people love the discipline of pursuing wisdom, and this week, we're going to see that smart people love to take action. So we're going to start by talking about why we don't take action. Is that right, Dad? That's right. We talked about sloth about a year ago, so this is good. It's, uh, you know, every year or so, it's good to revisit the topic of sloth. sloth, yes. Because if there's one thing that keeps us from building habits, uh, one of the main things, it's probably the sloth monster. Yes. So yes. talking about taking action, what does Proverbs say about taking action? And we're starting with what keeps us from taking action. Dad, uh, why don't you take some action here okay. and uh, lead our discussion? <laughs> well, I wanted to, to lead off with an illustration. It's an old illustration, but I think it really illustrates why action is necessary. Um, at the 1972 Olympics in Munich, uh, a young kid named Rick Dermott uh, won the uh, 400 freestyle uh, by one-tenth of a second. And uh, it's a big, big victory. And I went to bed that night with the gold medal. The next day, uh, the IOC took the medal away and sent him home because uh, he tested posi- positive for efferton, which is a, was a banned stimulant. And uh, so for the next 28 years, Rick DeMont was known as a drug cheat. Uh, he was the first U.S. Olympian ever disqualified from an Olympic gold the problem was he was totally innocent. Uh, he had struggled with asthma and had weekly injections. And at the uh, 1971 AAU championships, which was leading up to the, the Olympics, he had trouble breathing. So he went to the uh, official meat physician and he, st- he recommended to him or prescribed for him a, a drug called Marax, which is an anti-asthma medication containing ephedrine. So when he qualified for the Olympic team, he listed Marax on his medical form, but no one from the U.S. Olympic Committee followed up. No one informed the International Olympic Committee that he was taking it. No one even looked to see what Marax had in it, uh, even after the drug was discovered in McDermott's uh, system. The IOC offered to let uh, Dermott stay and compete in his second race, which was the 1,500-meter freestyle, which he was the world record holder for that, so he was probably going to get a gold there too. All the U.S. doctors had to do was to take responsibility for the oversight, but nobody would. They just let this 16-year-old swimmer hang alone, lose his gold medal, his reputation was destroyed, his family was embarrassed. 
just because of one person's negligence for reading the form. 20 years, 30 years later, the U.S. Olympic Committee finally admitted they mishandled the whole thing and they appealed to IOC to reinstate the medal and they refused. Um, point is, Proverbs talks about the dangers of negligence. It says in Proverbs 18.9, he who is slack in his work is brother to him who destroys. It's easy to think of laziness as just a minor character flaw, kind of a beloved a beloved character flaw, and yet there's a reason the Bible includes it among the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. that it does tremendous damage. And just ask, ask Rick DeMont. Lazy man is a close relative to those who destroy. So that's why I want to talk a little bit about uh, laziness. How can you tell if you're lazy or not? Yeah. Well, when you think about mo- most of the things that are destructive in our lives, it's it's sort of a slow-moving train of neglect. Yes, yes. It, it's not that there's just this one-time catastrophic decision, um, you know, whether it's in the way you parent or in your relationships. It's just years of failing to do the yeah. little right things, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off until you reap this terrible yeah. consequence. Yeah. No, that's a great insight. That's the the proverbs that came to mind were all the ones about unjust rulers when you yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The IOC, my gosh. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> oh. Between the IOC and FIFA, if we want to get into some corruption here, <laughs> who should be looking in the mirror? Uh, anyway, yeah. I digress. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about we taking action. We should do a podcast on <laughs> systemic corruption in sports organizations. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's, that's why wise people, smart people, love to take action because they see how destructive negligence is. So I thought we'd talk about uh, is, is how can you tell if you are tempted or you are uh, tempted by laziness? And one way Proverbs would say, one question you could ask is, do you think you're lazy? Because according to Proverbs, lazy people don't believe they're lazy. Um, Proverbs 26.16, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven, mil, seven men who can give a discreet answer. Thought, sloth is not a result of a lack of energy. It's a re- result of a lack of humility. The slugger doesn't think he's lazy. He thinks he's smart. Uh, time to act is not now. There are too many obstacles right now. I've got a deal coming. When it works out, everything will be work. The, the sluggard thinks they're so smart that they can not have to work like everybody else does because they think if you're smart enough, you can get... I mean, just look at all the infomercials. I mean, you can make fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year working less than 10 hours a month. And you say, yeah. well, who believes that? Well, apparently a lot of people believe that because they keep making those infomercials. Yeah. The sluggard in, of this world think they can outsmart the system. Yeah. And that's why they're sluggards. Um, sloth is kind of like gravity. It's always pulling on us. And, uh, and unless you're aware of that, uh, you'll fall to it. So that's one thing. Do you think you're lazy? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if I don't think I'm lazy, <laughs> I'm probably lazy. Well, maybe. I, think, I find the most productive people always criticize themselves for thinking that I'm too lazy. I, I waste too much time. Yeah. So second question for diagnosing uh, sluggardliness and procrastination. 
Do I make small, soft choices which eventually become habits? Which, uh, which you talk, talked about a minute ago. People, it's not the big, the big decisions that sink us. It's the small, consistent, soft habits. Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. To me, that says sloth doesn't happen all at once. It's gradual, and it comes from making small, soft choices, little daily surrenders to comfort and ease. Mm -hmm. A few more minutes in bed, a few more minutes reading the paper or surfing the net or watching TV, a few more minutes uh, talking to people at work, a little longer lunch break, getting to work a little longer, getting work a, a little later, leaving a little earlier, um, waiting to start uh, exercising or begin that diet. Um, it's just harmless little surrenders of choosing ease over effort and rest over exertion, and yet they become a habit. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, as Jim Gaffigan said... For my first decision of the day, I will go back to bed. That's <laughs> really setting the tone yeah. for what's to come. Yeah, yeah, but I think you're right that that, that uh, we think we need tremendous willpower to do these huge things. It's like, well, start with the willpower to do small things. Exactly. Just 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 take little steps yeah. toward the right things, and and then you'll build the right muscle. Yeah, yeah. I think of Proverbs nineteen fifteen: laziness casts into a deep sleep. An idle man will suffer hunger. The lazy person thinks that if I just have a little more rest, I'll have more energy. I'm I'm so tired this morning, I'll wait uh, till this afternoon to start on this big project uh, when I have more energy. But the truth is laziness makes you tired. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the thing. Idleness drains your your energy more than working. Yeah. Um, If you're perfectly healthy and you're always tired, um, then you've got got a problem there. Yeah, I mean, you certainly see that for people in retirement. Yeah, that that uh, the people who lounge around the most uh, feel the most fatigue, yeah. feel the most things. And the people with the most longevity are just active. They're yeah. constantly, often still working, even if they're not getting paid to work. They're exactly. just doing something to contribute. But they're they're moving. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's it. So I skipped a page here. Oh, you have other things. Yes. Question three: mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're always busy? But accomplishing little. Yeah. Um, Proverbs twelve eleven. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues vain things lacks sense. Um, tilling the soil is boring, and it's difficult. But if you want a crop in the in the fall, you got to till now. It's interesting that proverb that the sluggard is not idle. It's just they don't work. It's not that they don't work. They just don't work on things they need to work on, yeah. following vain things. So sloth isn't just inactivity. It's the failure to do what needs to be not done when it needs to be done. Yeah, and the lie is that I'll have more passion or motivation later. Yeah, exactly. That I need to work based on some burst of inspiration Yes. on the hard thing. Yes. So then once I get inspired, then I'll get it done. Right. And I, I've found that, I mean, that, that is the story of my life with sermon writing, and what you finally realize after a while 
is you just have to put your hand to the plow. Yeah. Especially with mental work. Yeah. And it's unpleasant. It's hard. But it's unpleasant and hard for about the first three to four minutes. Yeah. And then you start getting into it. You start getting ideas. And you have to just let yourself be okay producing things you don't love yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, after you do that, in a sense, the field has been plowed. I'm going to just keep this metaphor going. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now the fruitful ideas could come forth because exactly. the ground is ready because you've kind of worked the thing out mentally. You've done the production job you need to do, and now you can go through the refinement job. Yeah. And I think that's often true for, you know, I'm just thinking of, of people in our day, how does that apply? Because so much of our jobs are mental work at yeah. this point. To, to just embrace, and this is preaching to myself, embrace the fact that you're just going to create things that are kind of okay at first. Yeah. Um, but you can go back to them That's and right. make them better. That's right. But, but, but there's no bypassing the step of just doing okay work. Exactly. No, it's absolutely essential. Yeah. And so and because the, uh, uh, the, the fool pursues vain things, uh, a lot of busyness is just avoidance. Yeah, you know, doing one thing to avoid doing something else. Yeah, um, I, it's, it, it amuses me how students always feel compelled to clean their apartment right before <laughs> midterms, <laughs> or why it's easier to organize your desk than making a tough phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just always we need to ask: Am I doing the most important thing for me to do right now? Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. So that's one. Question four. Are you always in a rush to get things done? Mm-hmm. You feel like you're always sprinting. Um, and I didn't even write down the verse there, but the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Yeah. The contrast there is interesting. The diligent plan, but the hasty come to poverty. If I'm hasty and always in a hurry, it's often because I'm not diligent. Because sloth fails to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, and so it's always behind, always trying to catch up, always looking for shortcuts. Yeah, it's Proverbs 21.5. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. And, and you can see that in, in so many areas of life. Look, at, and this is the, you know, the procrastinator's creed is there's always time later, right? Yes. If it wasn't for the last minute, I'd never get anything done. Exactly. Here's the, here's the challenging thing about that. It's actually true for certain things that you can pull them off at the last minute. Yeah. I got good grades in college as a procrastinator. Yeah. The problem is it's what it builds in you for the long term. And you think because I can get A, B, and C done at the last minute, I can get X, Y, and Z done at the last minute. And the reality is there are things in your life that are so big and so time-consuming you can't actually catch up. Yeah, yeah. You can't catch up. And so I think um, what you do with your finances, it, the plans of the diligent, right? Yeah. It's a little, a little, a little. There's a point at which you can't just figure this out at the end. Yeah. And um, investing in your kids, it's a little, a little, a little, a little. You can't, you know, you, you can't have an amazing six months their senior year of high school and undo the next 17 years, right? And so that's, you know, I, I'm just trying to use the most graphic examples because it, it is um, why little incremental steps are, are so critical and, and, and why, um, yeah, identifying that lie is so important because I guess the, the most important tasks that you are going to do in life, you can't put off. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's I guess what I would say that the biggest most long-term things. Yeah. that'll make the most long-term difference in impact. Yeah. And if you're having to rush, you have to have, how did I get in this this <laughs> position? Why am I having to rush today? Yeah. I mean the the taxpayer procrastinates paying her property tax until the day it is due and has to right. drop everything that day and rush down to city hall and stand in line pay pay it um, mm-hmm. you know the car owner puts off regular maintenance on his car, and then he breaks. easy now, yeah. easy now. <laughs> anyway. I'm busy, Dad. I don't have time That's to right. take the car in for a day. That's yeah, a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Question five: Do you wait for the ideal time before taking action? Uh, the sluggard does not plow after the autumn, so he begs during harvest and has nothing. Yeah. That's Proverbs twenty verse four. Farmer doesn't get paid until he harvests. He does can't harvest until he plants. He can't plant until he plows. And in Israel, the time to plow was winter, when it was cold and miserable. And the last thing you wanted to be was outside plowing your field. So the slugger puts it off. He's going to wait till the weather gets warmer and plowing gets more comfortable. But if he does, he won't get his seed in the ground on time, and he'll beg during harvest because he won't have a harvest himself. So it's not, there's always a good reason not to do what we ought to do right now. But you have to ask the other question, well, what will happen if I don't do it now? Right. And which do I fear more? Yeah. That's, uh, that's the question there. I like Ecclesiastes 11.4, he who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Can't sow today, it's too windy. Can't start harvesting today. It looks like it's going to rain. All right, I like Proverbs twenty two thirteen. The sluggard says, "There's a lion in the lion outside. I'll be killed in the streets." <laughs> there were lions in 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 Israel, but the chance of meeting one on the street was about the same as meeting a mountain lion on the streets of San Leandro right. today. You know, you I'll mind. never go jogging. There might be a lion, right? right. Just like, it's like yeah. the, 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 yeah, the most unlikely variable, right, is yeah. the thing that's keeping you from doing exactly. things. Exactly. Well, I think one of the, the principles I think you can draw from this is one cover for laziness is the desire to just learn more or get more information before doing things. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about this because I've been reading Failure of Nerve by Edmund Mm -hmm. Freeman, which is a classic leadership book. But one of his theses is the reason people don't do things is more of an emotional process than a cognitive process. Uh In the sense of there are are deep relational issues, especially trying to lead people. And until you address the emotional anxiety issues, you're not actually going to lead. And often technique and information are covers uh, and avoidance mechanisms for just doing hard things. And, and so you just always want to get more information, always more technique, um, but you're not dealing with the actual emotional process going on underneath it of why you don't want to do the thing mm-hmm. that's hard. And I think uh, as leaders, I, I think you can relate to situations, but I think it, it replies to, to sloth too in that you know, a, a reason not to do things is you just keep raising the activation barrier. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You keep saying, well, I need more information before I do that. You know, I, I, I don't... I don't want to look into investing my money because investing my money is really complicated and, yeah. and it needed, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know what, there's so many firms and, you know, I need to take a whole day to research this. And it's like, well, maybe you should just do something and you can always transfer your money when you come up with a better thing. But it's, again, it's, it's, it's just continually complicating things 
yeah. as a way of putting them off. Yes, exactly. And I think uh, you're absolutely right. We don't recognize that de- that that need to delay, that need to put off, unless we really think about it. Right. And, uh, am I more afraid of doing this, or am I more afraid of not doing this? Right. That's that's the question you have to ask. Yeah. Uh, question six: Do you often find yourself thinking, "I can do it later," which is the <laughs> procrastinator's creed? Right. Proverbs ten five: He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is the son who acts shamefully. One son gets the job done as early as possible. The other son sleeps when the job absolutely must be finished. He still think I could still get to it. I still have time. So that's uh, that's kind of a, a summary of everything we looked at. Yep. Question seven: Do you need somebody to help you get going? <laughs> uh, Proverbs twelve twenty four: The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. When you talk about to employers, what do they look at for first in, in a new employee? Most of them will say, I look for initiative. Mm-hmm. People who don't have to be watched. People who can act independently. And uh, that's the way it was in, in Israel, too. Mm-hmm. That people who couldn't work unless they were forced labor, they would go into debt, and eventually he couldn't, they didn't have a choice. But the, the diligent can rule because they can rule themselves and therefore they can rule others. That's the idea there. Well, and, and, and here's the kind of the paradoxical truth in there. If you can rule yourself, you can be free. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That if you can discipline yourself to do the hard things, then you can experience the freedom financially or relationally in all these other areas because you can be the kind of person who's a producer, a giver, a generous person. And that just opens up all sorts of new possibilities to you. Yeah. Um, Whereas uh, a person who's lazy ultimately does uh, have to go into some kind of forced labor. Either yeah, they, yeah. they have to pay off debts, they yeah. have to have these obligations. These things are hanging over them all the time yeah. um, you know, because they haven't gotten things done. It is a form of slavery in a way. It it's is. awful. And, yeah. uh, and, and so just seeing that the, the diligence equals freedom yeah. is a great incentive to me to get ahead on these things. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Question eight, do you fail to finish things you've invested time and energy in? Proverbs twelve twenty seven: a slothful man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. So Solomon describes a hunter whose game rots because he didn't take the time to smoke it. Hmm. And uh, so he, he loses. And one of the big themes that's repeated in Proverbs is that sloth always incurs loss. Hmm. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34, I passed by the field of the sluggard, by the vineyard of the man lacking sense, and behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles, its surface was covered with nettles, its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I reflected upon it and looked and received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber and your want like a armed man. The idea is through sloth, the hunter loses his game that he worked so hard to catch. Uh, the, uh, the, the the farmer yeah. loses his crop, loses because he didn't take care of it. Um, and so the question is, uh, whether it's projects or possessions, things don't t- things have to be taken care of. They won't take care of themselves. Yeah. And... Uh, 
So is your desk messy? Is your inbox full? Uh, do you have the same file folders sitting on the top of your uh, cabinet for months because you never look at them? That's the question. Is is uh, Are you taking care of the things you have? Are they just kind of mm-hmm. being going slowly falling? Sloth is destructive. Yep. That's the idea. Yep. Well, it's easier to start than to finish. It is. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Get some things to go finish after this. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so. Let's just stop the podcast and we'll <laughs> go, <laughs> go clean my desk. Mere talk I, leads I, only to poverty, Dan. That's, that's, right. that's I know. <laughs> Well, two quick more questions yep. that we're done of the torture here. Yeah. Um, question nine, do you live in a world of wishful thinking? Mm. Proverbs 13, 14, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. And Proverbs 21, 25, and 26, the desire of the sluggard puts him to death, for his hands refuse to work. All day long he is craving, while the righteous gives and does not hold back. It's not that the sluggard lacks ambition. His desires are just as strong as those of the diligent. The difference is that the sluggard has never made the connection between hard work and fulfillment of his desires. So he lives in a a world of dreams. Yeah. Rather than goals. Mm-hmm. You know, someday my life will improve. Yeah. Someday I'll I will uh, get what I what I need. Mm-hmm. Uh someday I'll do something with my life. Someday I'll stop wasting so much time. Someday I'll start finishing my schoolwork on time. Someday I'll find that right woman or that right man. It just is is like it's kinda like the, all those things will just kind of magically happen to him if he just hopes enough. Yeah. Rather than uh, that, as Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace did not prove vain toward me, for I labored more than everybody. Yeah. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. God's grace doesn't make labor unnecessary; it makes it possible because yep. you, there are things that are only possible through work. Yeah. And the harder I work, the more God seems to bless me. Well, and 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 that gets to what the fear of God and trusting God actually is. Yeah. If you if you fear God and take him seriously, you take sowing and reaping seriously. Yeah. So you believe what God says about sowing and reaping and you start to sow in the areas you want him trusting that he'll bring the harvest in his time. Yeah. You don't just wait back for him to bring the harvest in all yeah. of these areas because yeah. he sovereignly commands you to do these things and he ordains both ends and means. And so it isn't opposed to trusting God, it's actually a a way of trusting God is to say I'm going to live a wise life in a way that, that you have ordered it and trust that you will bless me in the ways you have deemed yeah. at the proper time. I, I guess I just don't want people to pit, you know, f- passivity and action or, uh, you know, f- equate, I guess, equate faith and passivity in that yes. way, right? Yes, that's, uh, exactly. You know, there, there's no tension between taking action and trusting God. Not at all. Right? Trust God and get going is... Yeah. is uh, <laughs> no, James says, you say that you have faith uh, and no works... I will I will show you my faith by my works. Right. If I really believe, I'll act. Yep. That's the point. Yep. Yeah. Last one. Are you ruled by your appetites? Proverbs twenty six fourteen, as the door turns on its hinges, so the sluggard turns on its bed. Proverbs twenty three, twenty and twenty one, do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat, for the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. We saw earlier that it's small, soft choices uh, that we make has a tremendous impact on productivity. 
And, and so you have to look at, well, what are my appetites? And are my appetites really helping me to be productive? Are they actually standing in the way of my production? And therefore, I need to guard against them. I need to guard about how much I, I sleep or how much I eat, how much I drink. Uh, do, do they result in greater energy and vitality and drive? Our body just never stops demanding. And the more we serve it, uh, rather than make it serve us, uh, the sore will, the more we'll slow down. Yep. So that's the idea. Just beware of your appetites. Yeah, a good question would be, where do I say no to myself each day? Yeah. Because you can't think of ways you're saying no to your appetites every day. Then, then you have to ask, you know, am I a disciplined person? And it might yeah. be little things, just saying no to sleeping a little longer, yeah. saying saying no to putting this thing off, saying no to eating a little more. Say, but, but you have to learn to say no in little things. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. That, uh, I mean, obedience always begins with no. Yeah. <laughs> Deny yourself. Yeah. Take up your cross and follow me. Right. And that's true for everything in life. That yeah. uh, uh, I can be ruled by my body or I can rule my body. But those are the choices. And... Uh, I'm a lot happier when I'm in control, when I'm ruling my body by the power God supplies than when my body is ruling me. There you go. Well, those are the 10. Next week we'll turn around, our next podcast we'll turn that around and say, okay, so what what do wise people do uh, to accomplish things? What is necessary there according to Proverbs? That's good. I appreciate the fact we reviewed all of this stuff on Sloth a year later. (laughs) I don't know that I enjoyed this podcast <laughs> very much, but I definitely have some things to do now. So <laughs> listeners, if you've gotten to this point, hopefully you're not too defeated, uh, but uh, could go just take some small steps in the right direction. I encourage you to do that today, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>